Hey, we're going to be in the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 today. We're going to start in verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And we're going to read 10 to 20 if you want to get prepared for that. Last week we talked about God empowers us by the Holy Spirit for the purpose of empowering other people. And we, we walked through this game of sharks and minnows and I said, tag, you're it. So it's this big game of tag. And, and one of the things that I wanted to talk about today is, you know, you're, you're prepared for this game of tag. So I, there's a couple things that I felt like God put on my heart. So I'm going to do my best to walk through what I've prepared linearly, but at the same time, I also feel like the Lord's just been speaking about some things. So in there, I'm going to interject what I believe is some encouragement. I hope some encouragement for you guys. Share some personal stuff with you. Hopefully you can get a good laugh out of my pain. It's always good, isn't it? Today we're going to talk about God prepares us for what he purposes us for. So he's purposed you, he's empowered you to go empower other people, but he's prepared you for that purpose. A lot of times we feel ill-equipped. So I'm just going to speak to the fathers right now. I'm a father, of course, of seven. And one of the common things that I feel like when I talk to dads, and I just watched a, a, a film that just came out called Dads. You can see it on Apple+. Plus. And it, it's, a, it's a great film. And uh, one of the things that I realized that's common among dads, I don't know that we ever felt really prepared. You know, even today, a dad of seven, I just don't, I don't feel prepared because there's, there's another thing coming tomorrow that I haven't walked through. And by the way, we get, we get more support and customer service for the products that we buy at Ikea than we do for fatherhood. Right? So there's something about being prepared. So I just, th that to me is like the perfect analogy for all you guys that are dads. And for everyone who has a dad, which we all do, understand that your dad, no matter what you think, probably has feelings, uh, some level of insecurity and feeling like they aren't prepared and they're doing the best that they can. But God prepares us. And so I'm going to share a little bit of detail about how God prepares us today. You guys with me? Let's read Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. It says, finally, now this is Paul. He wrote to the to the church in Ephesus. This is the very end of this book, okay, chapter 6. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, Put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, not if, but notice that word, okay? Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, stand. Pay attention to words when they get duplicated. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert, and always keep on praying for all the saints. 
Then he goes on to say this, pray also for me, that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. I love that. We're making known the mystery of the gospel. Isn't it mysterious? Isn't God mysterious? I always tell our team, our job is to make plain the mystery of God. Let's not make it more confusing. Don't let my humanity make this more confusing and mysterious. Can we just, God, help us and our purpose walk to encourage other people and make it plain. I, lo- I just love that portion of scripture right there. So he says, for which I am an ambassador in chains. I talked last week about being an ambassador. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Now, I'm going to break this down before I jump into some, some key points. God's goal in this in preparing us is that he would, uh, he would prepare us to be able to stand. So God's goal is that we would be able to stand. My goal as a dad is that my kids, hopefully one day, would be able to stand, right? And then we move on to riding bikes and driving cars, and then it gets really squirrely right there. So God's goal is that we would be able to stand. So I'm going to, this word was repeated a couple times, and I said, pay attention to words when they're repeated. So I'm going to define this. Before I jump in, I want to define the word stand, because it's actually going to be the backbone of what we're going to talk about this morning. Stand, the word stand means to stand by or near, in the presence of others, to continue, to remain, to abide. So this word stand is to stand by near in the presence of others to continue to remain or to abide. This word simultaneously also means this, to make firm or to cause a person or a thing to keep his or its place. So standing, this word stand, has a dual purpose of standing in the face of something while simultaneously remaining in the presence of something else. I'm going to say that again. This word stand has a dual purpose of standing in the face of something while simultaneously standing in the presence of something else. Okay? So God prepares us by teaching us to stand in the presence of our Father. God, we're going to stand in your presence. So he prepares us by teaching us to stand in the presence of our Father so that we can stand in the presence of our foe. This is important that we, that we get this down. It's not one or the other, it's both. Number one, number one, God wants to teach us that, that we need to stand in the presence of our Father that we would stand in the presence of our Father. Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. This, is, this word in is a powerful word. You think, oh, it's just a little word, I-N, that links the sentence together, puts some other bigger words together. But, but check this out. I'm going to break this down. Finally, it says be strong. The word strong means to increase in strength, to be strengthened. To let the Lord be the well of strength that you draw from. To be strong. This word means to increase in strength or to be strengthened. Or to let the Lord be the well of strength that you draw from. 
okay? The word in means after, against, and not against in the, in, in the sense that like I'm against or in opposition of. Against in the sense of I lean against. The word faith, side note, the word faith means to lean on. One of my children, uh, her middle name means literally, uh, her Hawaiian name is Kalele Makeakua. I won't make you learn that. Stick to the first names if you can get them. And her middle name, the literal translation out of Hawaiian, we would say in English to have faith in God. But to a Hawaiian, if you said kalele makeakua, they would say, you're asking me to lean against God. Does this make sense? Because you can only lean against what you have faith in. So this word in means after, against, as if to lean. Among, before, under. This word in is a complete surrounding. This word in is a complete surrounding. God has given us, in this passage we just read, he's given us this enormous arsenal of weaponry. That he, that it's the armor of God. And people preach this, right? All these different parts of the armor of God. But something that we miss oftentimes is that we're going to have a problem if we put on armor, but we aren't rooted in the presence and the training and the preparation of the Father's might and power. And we get prepared by actually being in his presence. And we don't get in his presence and go out into the battlefield. We get in his presence and we do battle from his presence. That word might and power, very quickly, the word might is the best way to describe this. If, if something, uh, how do I describe, okay, the word might would be a picture of a strong man. Uh, if you walked in and you go into the gym, the gym's just opened back up. I went into the gym, it was awesome because hardly anyone was in there. It, I love it. So I'm in the gym and there's always like the strong man in there. And what I mean is it's the picture perfect show of strength. It's the guy who's like, you know, pumped up and he's got the little tiny shirt and he's like doing the full workout. He's got big muscles, right? Now, if I just saw him standing there, I would say, wow, that's a show of might. There's strength that, that's there. You can see the strength. There's a reserve of strength. But when that guy picks up the weight, you actually see his power. So what the saying is that when, we, when we're strong, when we're strengthened, when we draw from the well, and you can only draw from a well if you're near it. You can't, you can't draw from a well if you're not in the presence of the well. So what this is saying is we're going to draw from the well and be strengthened from the well called God, our Father. And it says we're also going to be strong in the Lord and in his might, in his reserved strength that he shows and his power and his actionable strength. God knows our strength. 
And he knows that we're going to draw from that strength. And we need that strength from being in his presence. In Psalm 27.4, it says, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, not if trouble comes, sounds familiar. It says, for in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in the dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of a sacred tent. He will set me high upon a rock. He sets us high, just, just so you know, he sets up high, high upon a rock. You know he does that? Jesus is the rock who is seated high in the heavenly places with the Father, and we're seated with Jesus in heavenly places. So guess what God does? He says, if you remain in my presence, I'm going to seat you with my son in high places. Because in my presence, you get a perspective shift. You're no longer looking at things linearly. You're now looking from above. You're looking, you're, you're, so when we sing a song, I'm gonna see a victory, that's a perspective shift song. Where, where are you singing that song? See, it's hard if you walk in the door, or you're listening online right now, and you're singing, if you're hearing that song, and you're going, this song, I don't like this song. You don't like that song because it doesn't resonate with you because right now your vision is linear. And what I'm telling you is you don't need to be in agreement with the song. You need to get in alignment with the song. And you got to begin declaring those lyrics over your, over, your, over your problems and over your pain so that you have a perspective shift because you're seated high upon a rock. And being seated high upon a rock means that you have to change whose presence you're in so that you can have a perspective shift. Are you with me? Come on, give me an amen. So the Father's presence is the high place that we do battle from. We think we do battle like right here, face to face, close enough to jab. We, we think that's where the battle's at, but that's not where the battle is at. The battle is done and won in high places. This passage we just read says this is not a battle of flesh and blood. This is a, ba a battle of powers and principalities. So if powers and principalities are up here, floating around doing this up here, no, no wonder we get our butts handed to us when we, we, we get into some spiritual stuff. We get into some fights when we start hearing things. That, that's why we have trouble fighting these things. Because we're fighting from underneath. We need to fight from above. But to get above it all, we have to get in God's presence. So God is called, first and foremost, I want to tell you, he prepares us but the first thing he wants us to do is to actually dwell in his presence. He doesn't want, this scripture doesn't say, take all the armor, put the armor on, learn later what it's for, and then if need be, find some strength with the Father. The very first thing that it instructs you and I to do, he says, Paul says, finally be strong in what? In the Lord, in, surrounded by, under, among, against. Before, after. So you, when we read and say God is before us and he's behind us and he's above us and he's beneath us, he's in the midst. What are we saying? We are surrounded. There's a song that says, when I feel like I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you. I feel like people in today, right now in our society, feel like they're surrounded on all fronts, like they can't get away from it. 
I don't know if you can relate to this. You're like, man, I'm surrounded. And God's like, yes, you're surrounded, but your perspective needs to shift. Because there's two standings. Yes, you're surrounded by lots of evil because it's not if, but when. But you're missing that you're also surrounded by me. So he's calling us to dwell on him first. Number two, we have to stand in the presence of our foe. Now this sounds so interesting. You would think that what I would, as a dad, what I would tell my kids is, you need to learn to stand in my presence because I can protect you there. I can strengthen you there. I can be a well that you can draw from there. And then what I'll do is, is I'll keep you from having to stand face to face with your foe. But that's not what God, in fact, let me tell you something. There, there, there's no need for an armor if you're not going to be standing face to face with an enemy. Okay. Ephesians 6.11, put on the full armor of God so that when you take your stand against the devil's, the devil's schemes. Okay, I just want us to know something, and this is super obvious, I'm going to say this. But there is, there is an enemy. There is a devil. He is not on equal planes as Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is seated where? Above. Jesus and the enemy are not in opposition. Why? Because they're not even on the same playing field. We think the enemy has as much. This is what happens. We get into these problems and we're like, man, I'm going to call upon everything but Jesus because I just feel like everyone has equal power to come against my opposition, my opponent, my foe. But Jesus isn't on the same, he's not on the same playing field. We have to understand that we are engaged. When I say last week, you're purposed. You're empowered so you can go empower the people. Tag, you're it. Remember the game Sharks and Minnows? While you're running around trying to tag someone to turn them into a minnow, do you know there's sharks out there trying to tag you? It's a battle. We have to know that we're engaged in a spiritual battle. We're going to talk about this for a couple weeks because I, I, I feel like we have to have a good understanding about this. The word stand here means to make firm, to cause a person or a thing to keep his or her, stay in his or her place. So th in this case, this is that second meaning of standing. So when we put on the full armor of God, not part of the armor, but how much? What happens if you don't have on some of the armor? You're vulnerable. Devil's going to penetrate. A bullet's going to get through. A dagger's going to get in. That thing that doesn't really irritate you, suddenly somebody says something, it gets under your skin. And you can't figure, why does this irritate me so much? Check your armor. Put on the full armor of God. This is not armor that was made specifically for you. It sounds like a wild statement. It says, put on the full armor of God. This is God's armor, that if you were to see God standing as a person like me, the armor that he wants you to put on is the armor that you would see him wearing. We're going to dive more into this in, in weeks later, but it's, this is good for us to understand. This is God's armor. So that you can take your stand against 
the devil's scheme. That word against is forward to or toward or to face. And the word scheme is to lie in wait or trickery. It's, it's this idea of being deceitful. So what is it saying? Put on the full armor of God so that you can face, face forward. You can look at the enemy right in the eyes. You can look at your foe right in the face. You put on the full armor of God. Why? Because I don't have to run. Why? Because I'm also standing simultaneously in the presence of my father. And I never ran from anything when I had my dad standing next to me. Because even if you take me down, my dad can kick your dad's butt. That's how I grew up. Me and my buddies would like get into fights. I swear to you, I remember wrestling on the ground, punching each other. And this is what it would, this is total guy thing, I think. And this is what it would dissolve to. We're like beating each other and we stop. And, and then the insults. My dad could kick your dad's butt. It went from like, we can't defeat each other to like immediately our, our dads, right? God the Father wants you to stand in his presence with such strength, knowing that you're surrounded on all sides, that you can stand against, facing forward, to look straight into the eyes of the enemy and say, I see you. I don't even have to raise my voice. I say, I see you. I see you for who you are. God prepares us to take up the firm position of facing forward toward the devil's trickery. Why? Because facing forward with firmness, standing firm, facing forward to the enemy with firmness, allows for a clear perspective of what's lying in wait. Perspective. If God said, put on the full armor of God, just put all my armor on, Pat, and then I want you to turn your back, that would be a poor position for me to get into a battle in, wouldn't it? In fact, God wants us to stand. He wants us to stand firm because he wants me to see. He wants me to have clarity. He wants me. He wants you to be able to see exactly what's happening. Why? Because the enemy doesn't want you to have clarity. He wants to confuse you. He wants to blur your vision. He wants to shift your perspective. He wants to pervert the way that you look at things, the way that I look at things. 2 Corinthians 10.3 says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power, I love this, to demolish strongholds. God wants us in his presence so that we can tap into his might and power because God is the strong man. And we're living in a day and age where we have to be able to identify who the strong men are in situations. They have names. Maybe the strong man's name is fear. And we can demolish those strongholds if we fight with the right weaponry. 
It says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Hold on. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Taking every thought captive means standing firm in the face of a foe and keeping a clear perspective. Why? Because I'm taking that thought. Like, the devil can't punch you. Think about this. But he can make you feel emotionally punched. How does he do that? Your mind. Your thoughts. I believe the enemy, I, be, I believe the devil will use physical things to get into your mind. The enemy wants to knock us from our standing place as a ploy to confuse our perspective, thus thwarting our purpose. I bought a new surfboard. I don't surf very much. I spend a lot of time training for triathlons. I used to surf a lot. I started surfing when I was probably 10 or 11 years old. I'm 46, almost 47. That's a lot of years. Did it professionally. Worked in the surf industry. Surfing was a part of my life. It was my lifestyle. It was everything. And I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't surf hardly at all anymore. Bought a surfboard. One of my daughters loves surfing. So I bought a surfboard. I'm like, I'm going to go surfing with her. Why? Because I want to be in my child. Do you know that the father wants to be in your presence as much as you may desire to be in his? And I know Father's Day is tough. Can I, I got a few minutes left with you guys. Can I just, can I just peel everything back and be 100% vulnerable with you? Father's Day is probably my most disliked day of the year. Number one, I lost my father when I was 17 years old, 18 years old. Number two, it is a constant battle in my mind and heart. I'm not saying this to be self-deprecating, and I don't want any, I'm just, I want to be open with you. Because I feel like by being open, it opens up your heart to say, gosh, I would never admit that, but that's where I'm at. As a father, I feel like I fail so much. And I just, I started feeling discouraged. So to me, I'm like, man, I just want to be a, like, I want to be a good father. So I'm going to go surf with my daughter. My daughter, we all go to the beach yesterday. And this board is like really heavy. I had it glassed really heavy. It's just kind of this old nose rider. It's what I wanted to surf in like small surf and just kind of cruise. Long and short of it is, this board, in all my years of surfing, I've been injured a few times, a few, and I've put myself in treacherous situations. Every time I've ever been injured, I want to tell you it's been in waves this big and smaller. Okay? Lindsay, you know this is true. So yesterday I'm surfing at North Jetty in the Oceanside Harbor, and I step off the board in shallow water, and I just kind of fall over in the water. It's a beautiful day when the sun came out. And as I start to come up out of the water, this board swings and hits me like an axe straight across the bridge of my nose right here, um, which you can't tell, but I have a cut. You can tell? Thanks. That makes me feel better. <laughs> my face is all swollen right now. I have a massive migraine. My head, it's killing me. Almost knocked me out. I'm bleeding. I was already feeling somewhat discouraged, and I just felt like it was like the biggest blow. 
And I was like, God, man, it's got out of the water. Not only that, it, brand new board, first time I wrote it, it crushed the rail of the board. And when it hit me, I heard my face cracking. I could hear the board cracking, but I could hear my bones like cracking. So I might have to go to the doctor. That aside, I want you, I put ice on it, but that's not the point. Listen, God speaks through everything if you have the right perspective. So I go to bed, I'm like, eh, I wake up this morning, I'm like, eh, and I'm preparing this morning, I'm just spending time with the Lord, why? Because I believe that if you can work, you know why we worship? Because you're actually, you're actually telling yourself a different perspective. I'm gonna see a victory. Everything around you is like, you aren't gonna see a victory. You're not gonna see victory in your finances. You're not gonna see victory in your family. You're not gonna see victory over that addiction. You're not going to see victory in your business. You're not going to see vic- You're not going to see it. And what are we doing? What I love about worship is people are like, you know, I don't really like worship. I'm going to walk into church 20 minutes late because worship is just eh. And do you know what I would say to most people that decide they want to skip worship in church? I'll bet you you have a really horrible perspective on things sometimes. You know why? Because you don't put yourself in the presence of God. Worship puts you in the presence of God. How? Because it shifts your perspective. And when you begin shifting your perspective and you begin saying and declaring things as if God sees and says, right? All of a sudden it starts shifting your perspective. You put yourself in the presence of God. So here I am. I wake up this morning and I was not in the presence of God, family. I was in the presence of pity. I was in the, pre- I was in the presence of poor me. I was in the presence of like, I have a migraine headache. I feel like from hell, literally from hell. Okay? And here's what the Lord started saying to me perspective. The enemy wants to blind you so that you don't see. This is what God started saying to me. I believe this is for somebody here, somebody that's listening, somebody all morning. The enemy wants to knock us from our standing place. As I was trying to stand up, it was like this board hit me, and it was like God started speaking to me. He's like, man, if I can... When, when I was young, I was taught, like, if you could jab somebody in the nose and get their eyes to water just a little bit, drop them with a right hand. That sounds, you guys are like, dude, this guy this morning is like, are you guys following what I'm saying? And in that moment when it happened to me, it was like, I lost all perspective. And I could feel the weight of discouragement that I had been battling for days because I knew Father's Day was coming. And I'd been battling this discouragement in myself personally and then black, I get hit and it's like crunching bones and bored and then blood and then I'm like, oh, and I'm just discouraged. I get home and I'm like, oh my gosh. And I feel like there's a level of discouragement. To, to top all this off, Pastor Julia, our executive pastor, sends me a text last night, and she's prepping me for this morning. Hey, this is what's going on in the morning. You're going to be set. You're just going to be da-da-da. And she starts telling me, I feel like the Lord said in the spirit that there's a, there's a level of discouragement that people, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I had been processing this for days. Unbeknownst to her, she tells me this. Unbeknownst to, to Pastor Jeff, he sends me a text this morning. The scripture he gives me pertaining to this. Even when it feels physical or it manifests physically, whatever's going on around you, 
It's important that we stand facing forward and we don't get confused and we keep perspective. And the word that I just kept getting this morning, God's just like, would you just, you, you, you need to just get back into my presence so that you can shift your perspective. And, 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 when, and when that happened, it happened like just before I left my house to get here. Like that, that, that's how good God is, right? Because I'm like, God, I got to preach. And God's like, oh, you're going to be able to preach. Because, because, this, because this is literally what I saw. In a, in, a, in a moment, I was like a flash of lightning. As fast as that board hit me, this is what I saw. I saw myself standing there already feeling the weight of life. Can any of you relate to this? And in the physical, receiving the news of something, in this case, receiving this blow from this surfboard, and it seems so like whatever, and it feels like the final blow, the knockout blow. And it shifted my perspective so horribly, I was ready to quit. Like my heart just sank. I was like, I'm ready to quit. And God said, the enemy is always after your vision. He doesn't, want, he doesn't want you to see things as they truly are. He wants to keep you in the weeds and the details of what's going on. He doesn't want you seated in high places. He doesn't want you to realize that when you're in the presence of your Father, you're sitting in high places, that your perspective is different. And in a, in a moment's notice, I went, oh, I still got a headache. I'm still cut. I still think I might need to go get x-rays. But I feel way better because I see it for what it is. See, I can handle the physical if I know in the spiritual what's going on. I, 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 can, I, I can handle the physical pain if I can understand the spiritual purpose. It was like the enemy didn't want me to show up this morning and have any vision or perspective to even be able to share with you that you need to get in the presence of a good God. It's, it's like the enemy didn't want me to have the perspective that, you know what? You tried to take me out, sucker. And I'm still standing. Check this out. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes. Man, yesterday was a day of evil. I'll tell you what. So that when it comes, you may be able to what? Stand. Huh. And after you've done everything, to stand. In the very next verse, stand firm then with the belt of truth. If you don't have the right perspective that comes from being in the presence of the living God, you will perceive things that are true to be truth. 
everything that's true is not the truth. True. There's a disease in your body. Truth. God can heal you. There's a difference between true and truth. And we get to stand now. You get to make a choice on whether or not you're going to stand. Because there's two stands. I'm going to stand in the presence of something while I stand against something, in opposition of something. So this morning I say, God, I'm going to stand in your presence as a father, with a father, while I stand in opposition of a foe. But I'm not scared. I'm not going to run. Standing means you aren't running the other direction. (laughs) Why don't we stand then? Let's just wrap this up. Some of us, I felt like the the, the word discouragement, lost perspective brings discouragement. I felt like some of you were discouraged. I said that. And the problem is that some of us know we're in the presence of an enemy. Some of us are keenly aware, our perspective is keen that we're in the presence of an enemy, but we actually fail to recognize that we're simultaneously standing in the presence of a father who is full of might and power, has an abundance amount of strength, reserved strength, and has the power, the ability to act upon it. And you and I will be deeply discouraged if we don't see it that way. If we only see what's in our, if we only see face to face, sometimes we're like, we're good at standing in the face of the enemy, but we don't understand that we're standing face to face with the living God. Are you, number one, are you prepared to stand? Number two, what is your perspective? Those are things for us to take home. Let's pray. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would give us clear perspective that only comes from being in your presence that we would learn to stand, to stand with you, to stand among you, to know that you're around us, you're under us, you're before us, you're after us, that we're surrounded by you, God. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have surrounded us with your goodness and that we're able to stand in the face and against in opposition of a foe. More than anything, God, that you've prepared us, you prepare us in your presence and you don't stop. It's not a one-time deal, but you continue that, pr- that preparation process. So, Father, I thank you. In Jesus' powerful name, everyone said, amen.